Tune your ear to wisdom. Cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Project Philippians, a deep dive into one of the richest treasure mines in Scripture. I'm delighted to have you join me today for another excavation into an amazing 2,000-year-old book. Back, you know, I think I say this a lot, but it is genuinely true that I am just honored to be able to be here with you, talking with you, and uh, sharing what the Lord's put on my heart. And today is going to be a little bit different. I have uh, something kind of special, kind of different to, to share with you today, and I'm excited to get into that. And I also have a special treat at the very end of this episode for those of you who stick around. But before we get to any of that, let's start as always with uh, seeking the King's face, shall we? Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you have invited us to get to know you. And Lord Jesus, we know that we would never know you unless you came to be known, unless you revealed yourself to us. And so we're grateful for that. But we're also hungry. We want to know you. We want to know you better than we do. We want to be more like you. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray that as we study your word today and as we look at it a little bit differently than we normally do, Lord Jesus, would you just would you just come and be with us? I know that you're always with us. You promised you would be, but we just want to be aware of your presence. We want to have eyes to see you and ears to hear you. So, Lord, open up our hearts for your presence, and uh, we're just grateful for the privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, like I said, I've got a different day in mind for us today, and I've got a couple reasons for that. The first reason is I, I just realized recently that last episode was our 26th episode. Now, I've been dropping these once a week for 26 weeks, and I did the math and realized, wow, that's six months. I I didn't realize I've been at this for that long. And uh, it's been a blast. It's been so much fun. And I'm just honored to have you along this journey with me. But, you know, the book of Philippians in my Bible has two columns per page. It's exactly six columns for the book of Philippians. And we haven't even gotten through the first column yet. And it's been six months. So (laughs) we still have a bit of journey in front of us. But today I wanted to pause because, you see, in the journey so far, the reason we've taken so long is because we've been doing what I call deep reading or close reading. We've been looking at every detail. And like I said before, I just find great joy in doing that. You know, I was reminded just this week of an experience I had years ago, back when I was in community college here in my hometown. I had this biology class, and I really uh, enjoyed it. One of the things I, I liked was that our teacher taught us about all the local native vegetation in our community. And then she uh, took us on this really special outing that she'd planned where she uh, led us up onto one of the local mountains. I call it a mountain. It's really just a big hill. But it's a prominent landmark in our town. And uh, from a distance, uh, it looks like a pretty barren hill. We live in eastern Washington where it's fairly dry compared to the wet western side of the state. And uh, so there's no big trees on this mountain, no big leafy bushes or ivy or anything. It just looks kind of like a barren, dead mountain, just brown grass covering a tall hill. But we had a special assignment that day. You see, we had built these little 
uh, special frames. There are 18-inch square frames. And our job, our assignment, was to go up on that hill and do what's called a vegetation survey. There had been a uh, wildfire in recent years, and they wanted to see how the vegetation was coming back. And so our job was to go off the trail and take our, our little frame and set it down in the grass and then to thoroughly study everything we saw inside that frame. And I was literally stunned to realize that what looked from a distance to be a barren, dead mountain was actually filled with all sorts of different types of vegetation. I I counted at least a dozen different species, like sagebrush, rabbit brush, uh, wheatgrass, uh, Indian ryegrass. There's all these different types of grasses in just this one little square of the mountain. This microcosm was just filled with beautiful, delicate, delightful vegetation. And I never would have seen it. I never would have known it if I hadn't taken the time to really look close and study. And so, my friend, that that is, I think, just the perfect picture of what I enjoy doing with Scripture, too. When I was younger, I have to be honest, when I was young, I, I would read the Bible because I was supposed to, and I got nothing out of it. It was dry and barren, but one day God opened up my eyes and invited me to start looking closer, looking deeper, really studying it, scrutinizing every word. And I began to find the incredible, breathtaking beauty in this book. And you know, my friend, that's really what the purpose of this whole podcast has been, just for me to have the opportunity to share the joy that I find in studying the Word of God closely and meticulously and noticing every detail. And that's what we've been doing for the last 26 episodes. But you know, there's, there's a time for studying the little square of grass, But then there's also a time for taking a step back and pausing to look at the mountain and just rejoice in the beauty of the Creator's majestic handiwork. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pause from our normal, typical, microscopic study of this passage, and we're going to pause long enough to step back and just gaze in beauty at the 11 verses that we've read so far. So what I'd like to do is just read through this entire holy passage of 11 verses. And I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes if you're not driving and just let these words flow over your heart. I'm going to read them with all the expression that I can imagine the Apostle Paul had in his own voice when he first spoke them. So listen to the Apostle Paul. Paul and Timothy bondslaves of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue to perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you because I have you in my heart. Whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. 
God is my witness how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, able to discern what is best, so that you may be pure and blameless on the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Wow, so stunning, isn't it? You know, if you haven't memorized this passage, I strongly encourage you to do so. We need these words echoing in our minds. You know, there's a number of things that I just really love about this passage. One of the main ones is that it just gives us such a glimpse of Paul's heart. You know, just his heart for God, but but more especially his heart for people. And keep in mind, this, this fellow, you know, just a couple decades earlier, Luke tells us that he was breathing out murderous threats against the church. But yet God's gospel had so transformed his heart that now all he could speak of was just his genuine joy and love and compassion for these people. I was reading this passage to a friend earlier this week, and he said he just saw Paul's father heart in this. It's just like he's speaking like a father to his sons, and it is. It's just a beautiful picture. He's just so grateful for these people. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you, always praying for you, praying that your love would grow, and he's just, he's speaking with such great love. But not only do I see Paul as a father in this passage, But I also love it because I see him as giving us a glimpse of our Heavenly Father's heart, right? I mean, you just need to hear the Heavenly Father as he's speaking through Paul to us and telling us that he just thinks of us with joy and that he is delighted in our partnership in the gospel and that he began a good work and is going to carry it on to completion and that he wants to bring us into purity and blamelessness on the day of Christ just this joyful, almost giddy delight that the Heavenly Father has over you. Hear that in these verses. But there's one other thing that I really want you to see in this passage. Because my friend, you know, if you've been trekking with me through all of these episodes of this podcast, that is just a testament that you are eager to study the Word of God, that you are hungry for God's words like I am. And that's delightful. But it is also an indication that God has his hand on you. And it may just be that the Lord has chosen you to not only be a student of his word, but also a teacher. Your hunger for the word of God may just be an indication that God wants you to step into the role of teacher, leader, perhaps even a pastor. And if that's true, then I would like to give you a word of encouragement and challenge. You see, my friend, if you are a pastor or will someday step into that role, it is critical that you take this passage and apply it to your own heart. In other words, what I'm saying is that Paul is not only displaying the heart of a father and the heart of the heavenly father, but he's also displaying the heart of a true pastor. 
a man who loves people, a man who rejoices over people and prays for people gladly and earnestly, and who longs for them to embrace all that the Lord has for them in their lives. You see, being a pastor is not just about being a good student or a good teacher even. It's not about knowing all the right answers, all the right doctrine, and being a scholar of the Word. That's, those are important things. But Paul is showing us that a true shepherd is one whose heart is filled with the love of the Savior and overflowing with the Savior's love for the sheep. So my friend, I want to encourage you to embrace this passage, memorize it, let it fill and flood your soul until these words fill you and shape you and transform your character and even your personality to be more like Paul and more like our Savior Jesus. Friend, I'd like to pray for you like I normally do in just a moment. But first, I have something else to give you, just a little treat. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I have a gift for you that is a little unusual, but I I trust that you will find it meaningful. A few moments ago, I, I read to you the first 11 verses of Ephesians in a rather dramatic way. But now I want to do one better. I want to give you the words of Paul as he originally said them in his own language. Of course, you won't understand these words, but but then again, in some ways, I think you might. So listen now as we hear the words of Paul himself as he originally spoke them. Paulos, kai Timotheos, douloi Christu Jesu, pasin tois agios in Christu Jesu, tois usin in Philippois, sun episcopois, Cadiaconois, Carisumen, Caerene Apotheu Patrosemon, Caecurio Jesu Christu. Eucharisto to Theomu, Epipase de Mneamu Humon, Pantote in Pase de Esemu, who per Pantoniumon metaharas tem de Esen Poyumanos. Epi te koinonia humon, esto yungelion, apotes protes emeras, akritunun, pepoithos autotuto, hote onaxamonos en humen ergonachathon, epitelese, akrihemeras Christu Jesu, kathos estindicaion emoituto fronen, u perpantoniumon. Dieto echeme in tae cardia humas. Inte tois desmoismu, kai inte apologia, kai bebaioset, tu iungeliu sum koinonusmu, tes caritos pantas humas untas. Matus garmu ho theos, hos epipotho pantas humas, in splachnois Christu Jesu. Kai tuto, Prosiuchumai, hine he agape humon, eti malon, kai malon perusue, ine pegnose, kai passe aisese, este dokimatse niumasta die fronta, hine ete aelecrines, kai aparscopoi ese meran Christu, peple romenoi carpondi kai osunes, Ton die Jesu Christu, 
eis doxan kae painon theu. Heavenly Father, these words that we've heard and read have come down to us through the ages from the Apostle Paul. When he first spoke them, he was just speaking from his heart words of love and compassion and blessing over those friends that had meant so much to him. But these words have come to mean so much more. They have become blessings to thousands, millions of people across the world and across history. And we too are recipients of the blessing because we're hearing the words of our Heavenly Father spoken to us. So, Father, it is my prayer that you would make us men and women who have such compassion, such love, such overflowing love, that we would be able to speak words that you can use to communicate to our friends and loved ones your words, the very words of God, because you are still speaking you're still loving. You are still pouring your love out. And so I pray for those who are listening to me right now that you would pour your love out upon them, your blessing upon them, fill them with this truth and make them people after your own heart. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. spend this time with me, but don't let it end here. May the words of God continue to resonate in your heart and transform your life until the day you meet our glorious King and Savior face to face.